Hi everyone, it's Yuval Pasov, your host of Game On Asia, a podcast about the mobile gaming ecosystem in Asia. In this episode, I'm talking with Chris Calderot, the CEO of Game Jam, based in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. We discussed about many topics, including how to find the best developers, why gaming is so big in Vietnam, and what are the biggest opportunities uh, that he can see in Vietnam, but overall in Southeast Asia. Hi, Chris. Glad to have you here today, uh, especially because it's the first podcast. I thought that before we start the formal introduction, uh, we could just have a quick association game. So I will say a word and you would just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, so let's let's start. Vietnam. Hot. VR. Uh, exciting. Uh, Google. Um, <laughs> Google is uh, great for startups. The U.S. Trouble. Uh, the food, bun. Delicious. Exit. Great for employees. Hypercasual. <laughs> uh, changing. And COVID. Unfortunate. Very cool. And we'll start with an introduction. I think that just to make it a little bit more interesting, I will let you introduce yourself. So go ahead. Uh, whatever you think that is important for everyone to know in, in one minute. Yeah, sure. Uh, no, thanks for having me and happy to be here and on the podcast. Uh, yeah, a little bit about myself. Um, so I, I started working in the games industry first as an investment banker. Uh, so originally I did was doing internet and digital media deals. Um, after about, I think, $3 billion in transactions, I got tired of wearing a suit and decided to join this company called Kixi as the head of re- revenue. Um, after that, I, I wanted to jump into mobile. So I was uh, one of the first, first six employees at this company called Dots um, and, and launched this game, Two Dots, which, which hit number one in 100 countries. Um, after that, I, I joined Ketchup as a, their chief revenue officer. Um, and... Uh, And then recently, about two years ago, started Game Jam. Um, Game Jam is the, the only company that hasn't, hasn't been acquired. All three previous companies have been acquired by uh, different buyers. Um, and so happy to be here at Game Jam starting, starting my own thing and, and working on hyper-casual games and, uh, yeah, having a good time here. What actually brought you to Vietnam? Because it's not kind of like the... I think that the regular place after the, the US or, or Europe. Yeah, um, you know, Vietnam is really interesting. I think that uh, it uh, first kind of came up on our uh, on my my radar when um, I think when Dong Nguyen had released Flappy Birds, uh, you know, everyone was playing this game from Vietnam and nobody really knew uh, much about Vietnam outside of outside of that in terms of gaming um, and so I uh, after after that happened um, you know at, at Ketchup we actually had a lot of developers submitting games from Vietnam and uh, Vietnam was a fast-growing 
market. I think in in our first couple of years, it was like a top 30 country in terms of downloads. And then within, you know, w- w- you know, two up to like, I think the first year, you know, before we got acquired, it was, it was like a top 15. And then after we got acquired, it was like a top 10 country in terms of like downloads. So I think it was just a fast growing market um, for hyper casual. And um, also the, a couple of things that I really like about Vietnam is the the weather is awesome. It's always hot, and the food is great. So food, weather, and probably you can add the COVID nineteen, which probably they managed to do an amazing work before everyone else. I mean, I, I think we've been so lucky and fortunate here uh, that you know there hasn't been um, much of an effect on you know, work life and. Uh, I think it's definitely helped with uh, with our business and um, also just daily life. You know, it's able to go out and go out to restaurants and order food or, you know, it's things are, I think, a little more normal here, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm living in Singapore and I really hope that in, in some stage Singapore will allow us to come to Vietnam because we also have, uh, you know, zero cases in, in the last few weeks. So we'll wait and see. But if, if I'm looking into specifically Vietnam and, and what's unique about the, the mobile gaming ecosystem there, uh, you mentioned Flappy Birds. Uh, I think that, you know, if, if you will look from the point of view of someone that, you know, never heard about Vietnam or no, really just the basic stuff, what, what, how do you, do you describe the ecosystem that make it so unique and interesting for so many investors and VCs from all around the world? Yeah, I think um, there's a, cu- a couple things that makes Vietnam truly unique. Uh, I think the first is there's a very, very large amount of, of gamers, young, young gamers. Um, and uh, there's a very uh, large young population here that all, all play games. A lot of people uh, grew up playing games, grew up playing games on the phone. Um, you know, every day when I walk home, all my neighbors are, are, I can see them playing games on their phone. Like all, it's like everyone's playing mobile games. Um, so I think that, I think that's, uh, that is, it's a really interesting thing. The, the other, the other part is, um, there's an incredible access to uh, so the, the education system here, I think, is, is very strong compared to other countries. And so it creates very talented uh, individuals that can, you know, that, that are very strong in terms of uh, their ability to create games from a development perspective. Um, mm-hmm. The other, I think the other thing that's interesting about Vietnam is that it has, um, it it is a, it truly is a bridge, I think, between, uh, you know, you, even though we're in Southeast Asia here, but it's, I think there's, it, it is a, a greater bridge to the West than many other countries in, in, in Asia. Um, and also it is a, a bridge within Asia itself. So there's a lot of influences here from Japan, Korea, China, um, other, other countries and, um, so you, you, 
you can see even in you know in the game development there are studios here working on games uh from japan from the states from from china from korea so th there's a lot of and all of these types of games have different styles um uh exposed to different cultures and so i think it's uh it's great because in vietnam you a lot of people see and have access to all of this um so it's it's a great learning experience and then obviously it, vietnam has their own um unique games here uh that you don't really find anywhere else so it's um it truly is, I think, a really unique place for making games. So when when you said, okay, you said audiences, that is like probably younger audience, everyone has access to mobile phone and actually playing uh, on mobile. We also see that, you know, in terms of, of YouTube and other streaming channels, the education, very, very strong education system that probably develop um, uh, really strong developers. Um, and then the bridge to the West and then also to, to kind of like the center of, of development in, in Southeast Asia. You, you started to say about the, the unique uh, genres or, or kind of like type of games that you see in Vietnam. Uh, what, what can you tell us about that? What's, what's unique or, or what's what the industry, the local developers is, is focusing on? Yeah, so it's, it's really a mix. Like there are, are developers here that are working on, I think, um, games that they that they like, you know, that they that that they want to play, and um, it's I think it's unique about uh, it about the cult. It, it, it has a reflection of the culture itself. So, for example, like um, I think Vietnam is the number one country for making music games, right? Because of Ominos, and so it. it it's very telling about the, the actual culture here. And um, also there's uh, developers working on MOBA games, uh, competitive, competitive games um, mm -hmm. and uh, unique uh, hyper casual games and puzzle games. Um, and so there, there's all kinds of unique games. There's, <laughs> there are uh, some gambling games. Uh, I don't know, if, you know, that, that, that some developers are making uh, they're, they're all kinds of different games and even the games themselves are, are somewhat unique. Um, uh, for example, there's a, there's a game that I love that um, it's like this fishing game and um, you can find it in almost any, pretty much any arcade. And the people that play this game range from like little kids to, very old you know grandpa or grandma or you know uh mom aunt mm -hmm. like uncle like all all kinds of people are playing this game um and i don't think it's I, I, in the u.s there's really nothing similar uh you know that i can that i can think of but it's like an arcade table uh arcade top game um there's just, I mean, unique things like that. And then also there's like a mobile version that's, that's made here. Uh, so there's a, a lot of, I think, unique games that you don't really find in other regions. I totally agree with you. A lot of unique games in Vietnam, in addition to the genres that uh, we all know about. But if we look at, you know, the, the challenges that you see from your point of view of, 
either developing games in Vietnam or actually moving your uh, your company to Vietnam. What what can can you tell us from from your uh, from your experience? I think there's there's definitely there's in you know in in the West like I, I would say like we're exposed to um, things like venture capital uh, and this the startup um, ecosystem is driven a lot by 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 venture capital right like everybody is uh, investors invest money in startups and they need some kind of outcome to make a return on that investment right and that is uh has been you know somewhat non-existent in in vietnam because most of the companies that came in here in the past they they never offered uh I don't think they really offered equity to employees, and also the the incentive is slightly different for for employees here. So I think be, because of that, it's it's not common to see uh, I think venture capital as much come into Vietnam. I think that's changing yep. now, um, but in the in the past, I think that was somewhat non-existent. So that I think that requires a a bit of 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 an education, uh, like of learning, like, and it requires successful outcomes. You know, like there needs to be gaming exits or there needs to be startup exits in Vietnam, and for people to share the stories of of the success and of the, of the outcomes for for that to spread because that's how it spreads in the West, right? Like you hear these really successful stories of, of, of startups and companies exiting and it being an amazing outcome for the, the team. And, and then, you know, and then, every, and then that's why people go through the pain of working at a startup because it's not easy. It's, it's extremely difficult. So that's what gets you. That's, you know, that's part of the motivation that, that, that keeps you going. And so that there needs to be, I think, more outcomes in Vietnam for people to realize, you know, what, you know, these life-changing events are pretty, are pretty, you know, compelling. And so I, I think with when more outcomes come, I think that that will follow with continued investment um, and more similar types of companies uh, with similar structures. Yeah, so I think that what what we you you were telling me in our last conversation that um, it's it's kind of like education of of the developers, um, the local developers, in terms of you know how VC, not how VC works, but in a way that they would be able to be part of 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 something that they would not the incentive would be not getting immediately the investment and that's it. But actually, building something that is is much bigger and looking, you know, in in, in the in, on a timeline of like, you know, two to five years. Right. Yeah. And I I personally, I mean, I've looked into investing into companies here, and like the founders are just like thinking, you know, it's like free money or something. Like they don't yeah. understand. Like when you talk about, you know, what the long term vision is and. You know, you see like a lot of lifestyle businesses here, and it's it's 
And that obviously changes the culture, right? Like, because a lifestyle business doesn't operate at the same capacity as a high growth business, right? A high growth startup is, is a much different company than a lifestyle company. Yeah. So, and no, and no VCs want to really invest in a lifestyle business. Right. So, um, so that, that I think the, the, the two things here, and, and I think, yeah, education is definitely something that can help. Yeah. And the other thing that, uh, that, that you mentioned that you want, you know, there was like flappy birds that's happened a while ago. Um, there is game jab, there is Amanot, but you want to see, and probably that's, that's what, what you were talking about, the creating a much more structured ecosystem, uh, with, with the help of, of the big companies, um, and then hopefully to, to scale like proper startup that you will be able to scale them and not just like a side business for, uh, for a lot of like developers. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think if there are outcomes and exits, then the employees that benefit from that, they will go off and start their own companies. And, and I think they would do it in a similar way, maybe not the exact same way, but a similar way where they would provide, you know, incentives, this similar incentive structures to their employees. And those companies would have successful exits. And then that would that would, you know, it would spread like, like that. I think, I, I think there has to be outcomes for people to, because these, these types of events are somewhat on like, it, it, they're hard to, they're easy to talk about, but you, until you actually experience them, you don't really, you don't really know. So I, I think it, there has to be exit events uh, for this to spread faster and for more startups, venture back startups to, to appear. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and if I'm looking now, um, you know, 2021, I think that, uh, when you look at the gaming industry, specifically the mobile gaming industry, you know, so many titles were, were getting to, to new records, um, first, I think that it would be uh, good to kind of understand how how like 2020 was was for you. What do you plan? I mean, for for Play Jam, uh, what do you plan for 2021? Um, and then, if we can get it more broader to to like Southeast Asia uh, 2021, and what's the trend that you can see? So let's start with with you. Yeah, so I mean, for us, uh, I think we had a good year. We had you know, over 200 million downloads. We launched several top 10 games, um, and we released our, our our new website, uh, GameJam.com, which is like a platform for developers to do game jams, um, and that's already surpassed a, a few thousand developers, uh, and and we've had. Uh, thousands of developers participate in, in the game jams already. Uh, you know, developers they come together and they develop a game in a in a set period okay. of time. Um, so, for example, yeah. So, for example, like we may have a game event, game jam event, where you know you bunch of teams they come together and they all compete to make a game in a limited amount of time. Mm. There's there's always a scalability problem with 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 working with developers, like even, you know, the biggest publishers, they, they can't even manage all the developers that they work with, right? Because it takes time. So it, 
uh, it's very it's a very unique problem um, of being able to 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 help uh, and give attention to, to to developers. And so because of that, they typically focus on on the developers that will bring in the most revenue mm-hmm. uh, because it's a business, right? So we're hoping to capture the the rest of the market here. And and what else would you probably you had like strategy meeting for 2021 what what do you plan to kind of like double down on to to focus more uh what what the new opportunities for you yeah so for us it's continuing to release games that's you know our bread and butter and improving the games uh that we make uh we've been uh we've released a lot of ip based games uh and so we think this will continue to be a trend uh we think others will We'll catch on to this um and uh we we love working on these types of games um and we've done i think we've done more of these games than anybody anybody else um and so we'll continue to make more of these uh and also uh, continue to work on uh you know the gamejam.com platform release new features new updates uh and help uh promote and build a, a stronger uh, indie developer community around GameJam.com. If if you look broader than than Vietnam, what what other interesting countries um, in in Southeast Asia you, would you would you think to expand to? I I really like um, so there's uh, I, each I mean each country is unique and um, in in different. Uh, I think for, for me both. Uh, both India, but uh, particularly Pakistan, is really interesting. Um, I think there's just so many, so many developers in Pakistan with with limited access to resources, um, and and they, uh, but but also like stronger education around development, um, just just lacking the, um, I would say like the uh experience like publishers like i i and 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 other experienced companies in pakistan like like leading leading the way to to spread more education but i think it's a really really interesting country um for for game development and and i think that uh when we we spoke last time um you mentioned like the leading genre in in pakistan that you see more and more, um, if you can maybe uh, share with a little bit about that. Yeah, so I mean, in I think it's no secret. Like in in Pakistan, there's like tons of these simulation games, and uh, tons like all and all kinds of simulation games. There's like plane simulation games, car simulation games, train simulation games. Um, there's motorcycle, all, all kinds of different ones. And uh, they're really, really popular in Pakistan. And I think simulation as a category is is uh, growing. So I think it puts Pakistan in a unique place because they have probably more experience making simulation games than in any other country. Um, so I, I think it's a really interesting uh, position there. Yeah. Going back to COVID, do you think that beside that, you know, everyone is is in their house, you know, connected to their uh, mobile game or to the computer, so they have more time to play games? 
how did it impact you know your your ability to you know grow your company maybe in related to kind of like IP deals or, or any, any other things in terms of like growing uh, the company yeah so I think during covid uh, it affected a few different industries uh, music was was one um, and basically any kind of events business um, or business that relies on Uh, you know, keep people going like restaurants and hospitality tourism, like a lot of these businesses were affected. So there were during this time, we found it a lot easier to do deals in these particular categories, especially on the IP side. Um, And so that, that allowed us to, to, I think, uh, move really fast with a lot of different, um, uh, you know, on the IP side with, with, with different brands and we, uh, continue. And obviously that, that, that helped us kind of prove, you know, prove ourselves as a platform for brands and IP, uh, which allowed us to do even more deals, um, later in the year and will allow us to do more deals in 2021. Um, and so I think that, that helped our, our business, uh, and then you know just this, just the fact that usage is was up mm-hmm. during during these uh, lockdown times. Uh, you know our business like more than doubled um, during lockdown. So uh, that I think that impact was a positive impact for the entire gaming industry, not not just not just us. Okay. Um... Yeah, that that's that's good insight. And if we are if we are looking at uh, you know again back coming back to to Vietnam to the ecosystem, and I think that you, you shared with me that you're trying to kind of join forces with uh, Amanot and 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 creating like uh, events for for the developers and the ecosystem. Uh, but in the same time, you know, if if investors are looking for 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 game developers or, or looking for investment in Vietnam, what what would be the the best way uh, besides contacting you? <laughs> no, I, I I think it's looking at um, uh, uh, companies that um, understand the the model right and, and have a clear vision, have a clear um, pathway and, and vision and uh, and roadmap. Yeah. Uh, I think that's extremely, extremely important, and um, uh, it it might require um, uh, companies that have an advisory board with are open to having an advisory board uh, with with experts or entrepreneurs who have um, have been there before, uh, because I think that's ex- extremely helpful, um, or investors that have been there before that uh, can. Can can you know can help uh, help the the companies, and the, the other thing I think is, for me as an investor, um, I'm mainly mainly looking at um, companies that have uh, you know I would look at a company and make sure they 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 have uh, they're they're structured in in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important. Um, uh, and, and so it's structured in a way where the you know the, the parent 
company has is in a place with uh, with good um, good laws for startups and, and 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 growth high growth companies, especially in, in tech. Um, so I think you know Singapore is a is a great uh, you know place for that. Um, but but in a, you know, that's a very but, but in a way I think that it's very hard to find um, maybe the 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 interesting one because I feel like they are not listed there is not a list of you know uh, of all the top gaming companies beside you know app any and all the other resources but I feel that there is probably there is another layer under the top 10 you know game developers in Vietnam. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're getting at. The, the there are events, um, you know, that that uh, um, you know held and run by you know actually Google does a great job here. Probably, probably Google is the best at this, in, not just in in Vietnam, but in in many high growth countries all over the world, uh, hosting events. Uh, Google for startups, I think it does an amazing yeah. job. Uh, is insane, absolutely insane how many events Google for Startups does um, and how many entrepreneurs they touch. Um, actually, a lot, of, a lot of the strong companies that I've met uh, have been through, I think, Google for Startups um, and other similar events, uh, you know, in, in Vietnam or in other, other countries. Um, and so I think th th these events, uh, I think, help Uh, with when meeting when meeting um, entrepreneurs you know face to face uh, and being able to talk to them and understand a little bit better you know outside of the app Annie and uh, leaderboard rankings yeah. all right it's 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 leading to the second question of like I, IAP versus you know ads um, in in these countries yeah so it's a good question I mean for us it hasn't been a big problem because you know most of our revenue does come from, from ads. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, um, uh, you know, as we, as we start to diversify revenue, uh, with IP and subscriptions, maybe this will present itself to be a larger issue, but I, I, I do think that either way payments is, um, uh, payment solutions are, are, are getting better uh, and growing. I know that the pl platforms are, it, you know, it, it is a, it is a priority for, pl I think, platforms to, to make yeah. this better in, in Vietnam. So uh, I do think it'll get better over time. Um, but for us, it hasn't really been a challenge. But, but in, in, in a way, moment. do you see a trend? Because I know that definitely uh, ads is, is the majority of, of the games in, in this region because of the, You know the the ARPU is, is quite low, but in terms of the the direction to towards IAP, how, how do you see that shifting? I think that the 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 shift I think happens with the um, you know as the there becomes a usually I think what happens is you know the, the there's two two things right like the, there's developers that want to make these types of games and and obviously they if they're making a mid-core game or a hardcore game they're gonna be focused mostly on yeah. ip and then the other side is there are developers that are working on 
broader reaching, lower art out games. Mm-hmm. But as the marketing costs, if marketing costs increase, they uh, and for example, the the net CPM is not increasing to the developer for whatever yeah. reason. Like if if margins are compressing, then the, they have to they're forced to diversify revenue streams and figure out how to create higher LTV content. So this in this situation, um, I think you'll see uh, more hybrid type games uh, like Archero and and other um, hybrid games that maybe focus on deeper systems, different types, different game design, um, and different uh, monetization tactics um, that are not currently present in most hyper-casual games. Thank you so much for listening to the episode today. Next month, we will be back with another interesting guest. And in the meantime, please make sure to hit the subscribe button uh, on your podcast software so we can make sure to update you with any new content that we will be releasing. So for now on, have a great day and see you soon.